are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is the Lunch Break Podcast, and you are tuned into episode 19 of the Lunch Break Podcast. The Lunch Break Podcast is a place where true sales pros go to tell their stories, and today, I'm very honored and excited about my guest who's going to, to share his story and, and his insight. His insight is, is something, uh, one of the reasons that I keep coming back to LinkedIn. Uh, the insight that he shares on LinkedIn is awesome. He, he is a, a true example of, of what, what it means to be a sales professional, in, in my opinion. Uh, Sean Cease is on the Lunch Break podcast today, folks. Super happy to have you here, Sean. Thank you so much, James. I'm honored to be here. I love your podcast. Love all the content you're putting out. You guys are doing a great job. Love it. So I'm humbled, honored, couldn't be happier to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, with uh, all of this positive energy going back and forth here, Sean, let's just go ahead and, <laughs> and kick it off. Uh, tell us how you got started in sales and, and how that journey has brought you to being where you are and who you are today. You know, that would be a uh, long story because I've been doing it for a little while, but I can go back to, uh, we'll try to be succinct about it, but go all the way back to uh, the early 90s and you know high tech boom I grew I grew up in the Bay Area I grew up I was born in San Jose Hospital and so my whole entire life I've been around technology when I was in third grade they put me in front of a Radio Shack TRS-80 so there you go dated to get that uh, long story <laughs> short uh, in my early 20s um, I was doing tech support work uh, network administration things like this and somebody said hey you know you're you're pretty good at talking with people have you considered being in sales and I said no, but yeah, I guess I do like talking to people where I can help and explain things and things like that. So somebody, a sales professional kind of uh, asked me if I wanted to move over to a sales role. And from there, just went from startup to startup and then uh, had the opportunity to start my own uh, document imaging business for several years, then kind of made a hobby go crazy, became a master brewer, built an undercapitalized brewery, did that for a few years, and then life brought me back to uh, sales. So for the last 20 years or 25 years, I've been doing sales in one capacity or another, seen inbound, now it's outbound. Da, da, da. So that's my, uh, my, my story. It's been a little long, long haul, great little journey. I love it. I love it. And, and so I think this is the reason that I ask, you know, how people got started in sales is because it's, their answers always highlight a very prominent issue with the sales profession as a whole, which I believe is the perception of what it means to be a salesperson. So mm -hmm. you started out in tech support. You had never thought about being in sales. Why do you think that is? Like you knew that you were, you liked people and that you liked talking to people. Why do you think that you had never considered going into sales? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I taught myself how to write code when I was young. So it was, it was kind of interesting at that time in the early 90s uh it was really easy to go somewhere and get a job with some technical expertise because it was people were hungry for that so it was easy um and the most compelling reason why moving over to sales was somebody said hey you know uh you can make a lot of money doing this <laughs> and that was at that time was uh that was the compelling reason and um uh, 
You know, I, I wanted to share real quick, the, 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 probably to like bridge the gap of how I got to where I am like at this very moment. When I think back to being in the Bay Area in the 90s, I remember the leads that we received. They came in on what they call bingo cards. People would fill out in the back of the magazine. They would tag something, then we would get them, and we would follow up with them. Basically, another form of inbound lead. And I remember... Uh, my phone ringing, you know, the phone would ring. People would call because they'd see things in a magazine and say, hey, that's something I need. They would call inbound, inbound, inbound. And then when I bridged the gap from then, from the early 90s all the way till now, because I did take that little break to uh, build my own software company up here in Northern California and then went to do the hobby, the brewery thing, and then finally made my way back to professional sales working for somebody. The contrast between... Uh, trying to get a hold of people or inbound and outbound, it was, it was just unbelievable. I went to work for a company up here in Northern California doing B2B sales and they didn't have any leads. And so it was remarkable. Uh, what, I, what I realized in the last two years of getting back into professional sales was, is that the battle now is really at the top of the funnel. And so I actually turned in um, you know, I resigned an AE position, you know, even opportunity for sales manager, VP of sales to join the guys at the sales developers because I really, 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 truly believe that the next few years or however this evolves, a, you know, AI and everything else is going to be the battle and the war is at the top of the top of the funnel. And uh, that is, that's exactly how I landed at the sales developers and why I'm spending so much time trying to share what I'm learning, you know, running that, doing or having the battle at the top of the funnel at that level. So that kind of really brings us to exactly why I ended up at the the sales develop uh, the sales developers and why I think it's not even opening it's not even opening doors. It doesn't seem like it's more like how do you not get kicked out because the doors are wide open. You know what I mean? And so I know that I, I don't know That's if that answers your question, but that it. that kind of. Uh, the whole the, the with all the technology it, it's it's just mind-boggling how technology does the reverse things uh, an example is I, I, I built a document imaging company because you know scanning paper and storing paper electronically uh, was it was a perfect time for it built a nice little company doing that but it's unbelievable I think that still today if you went and looked at the numbers for whatever reason there's more paper than there's ever been. You know, it, it's amazing. Uh, technology just brings it. Uh, it's the reverse all the time. You think that it'd be easier to get a hold of people, and it's getting harder to get a hold of people. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, you've said so many interesting things already. So the first thing, living in a world where the those inbound calls are coming in because somebody sees something, you know, in a in a magazine or a publication, and the only way that they can purchase that product is to deal with a salesperson. Those days are long gone. Like, yeah. Way, way gone. And, uh, you know, so for, I, I think you're completely right. The, the battle is for that piece of attention or to, to kind of cut the noise out just momentarily, just long enough to, you know, have your moment. To, to tell that person what you want to show them and why you're reaching out to them. Um, and so you turn down management opportunities, VP of sales opportunities, AE opportunities, because you recognize that being at the front of the funnel is so important. What, what does being 
you know, all of your experience, right? Everything that you've done from running your own business, you know, working in Silicon Valley, all of that experience, how does that inform the way you work as a, as, as, as a BDR, SDR now? Because I think so many people see the BDR and SDR role as like an entry-level thing. This is the role that somebody gets when they first, you know, they've never had a sales job. What is it like for you being a, 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 a seasoned professional to sit at the, the front of the funnel? Great question. And it, number one, to me, it's, a, it's really, it's a mindset and an honor. And, and I mean that, I mean, it's really an honor to have an opportunity to try to uh, build pipeline for different companies. So just real quick at the sales developers, we are an outsource SDR company or SDR as a service. So my team and I make calls for multiple accounts in the day. So it's a little bit different than just, you know, being a BDR and SDR for one company where you're focused on, on what you're, uh, what you're doing. Um, so with that being said, I really, I, I, I really feel like um, I turned in, you know, that opportunity to be a uh, account executive because opening to me is the new closing. And it's, it's the, it's really the difference between um, also being high velocity too. There's, I, I, I refer to it as high velocity because we're talking about making a lot of phone calls, trying to connect with a lot of people and using the phone for the, for the main uh, reason to do that. And I don't, I don't think that there's any other way to do it than really making a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails. And I just kind of, I'm going to just kind of drive this into the way that, that we do it because this, it, there always seems to be kind of a challenge of, I guess you say level setting or trying to uh, say, how is it that you're doing that? When I, when I make posts and say that we made 800 calls and we set 10 appointments, people are going, that is crazy. Well, number one, we're doing it for, you know, if I'm doing that, I'm doing it for a couple of different companies. But uh, to give you a really good example of the difference between what we do and probably what's happening within a lot of offices, uh, for example, personalization. Um, we would refer to that as personalization. Um, if we're going to reach out to three or 400 people for a particular company, we're going to actually drive what the, uh, what, the, what the real problem is that they should be having and assume that, we can, that they can learn something and we circumvent the whole entire uh, personalization process. We don't bother looking up on LinkedIn. We just find out who the person is in the role, their direct number, and we're going to call and, and ask if we can set up a meeting to uh, help them. And I think that that's probably one of the, uh, it's a matter of way, the way that you run your, your SDR floor um, in terms of being able to get that number of appointments. Because I don't, I always wonder how, how getting a half appointment a day or one appointment a day actually really can, uh, can really get it done if you're really trying to, to, uh, to ramp up your pipeline fast. You have to be making so many calls and turning over so many, you know, different numbers and getting so many appointments to actually drive that funnel. So, no, I mean, you, you bring up a really good point. So this is always going to be, in my opinion, a, a hotly and highly contested thing, you know, personalization versus the, the, the spray and pray approach. Right. And so I think we're living, I almost feel like sometimes we have post-traumatic stress disorder from movies like uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like, we're so afraid of being 
that type of salesperson that's super aggressive and, and, and has a bad connotation kind of all the way around. We're so afraid of that, that we think the best thing that we can do for our company and our clients is to go the way opposite way and be super personalized and, and almost apprehensive about asking for somebody's time to show them something that, that can, you know, potentially help their business. And to me, that's a dangerous road to be on these days because there is, as you said, there is honor in, in sitting at the, you know, front, front lines of, of the sales cycle and, and doing that, the job of opening the door, but it doesn't have to, in my opinion, and, and it's so great to hear that you guys are running it this way. It, it doesn't have to be about where they went to college or what their favorite color is. I've, I can't tell you, I think like a lot of other SDRs and BDRs have tried to be super personal, you know, personalized. I, there was, um, you know, a guy, a prospect that I found, I researched him on LinkedIn, found out that he majored in German, wrote him an email with a subject line in German, uh, you know, did all these clever things. And what's ironic is that when I finally got in touch with him, it was on the phone. Yep. It wasn't through a personalized <laughs> email. Yeah. And he said that he saw the email, but passed the subject line being in German. And uh, obviously me looking at his LinkedIn and knowing a few things that are publicly available about him, he said, yeah, I didn't really see a reason to respond. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. My mind was just immediate. My eyes were opened. Okay. No. And, and what he did was, so uh, luckily I was thinking on my feet quick enough to say, well, what would have made you respond? Right. right. Mm -hmm. Pain points. And his answer was what we all know, pain points about, my role, pain point knowledge about my industry, identifying those pain points and saying that you could potentially solve one of those pain points. I mean, yeah. And that's persona based. Yeah. So, you know, as, as other SDRs are out here listening to this, because I think there, there's especially the younger generation, I would say like 30 and below, a lot of those sales professionals are very wary of being called out on LinkedIn, you know, for, for a spray and pray type approach. They don't want to have their email screenshot. Uh, they're very afraid of being, you know, too uh, qu quantity over quality. So how do you, you know, uh, suggest that somebody that, that is thinking that, they've got to spend 30 minutes personalizing one email. I mean, because that's the wrong thing to be doing. Um, you know, how, how can somebody kind of break away from that? And what have you seen in your experience running it the way that you guys are running it and why you continue to do it that way? I think it's yeah. important. No, it's a great question. And really, you know, when you say taking 15 minutes or 30 minutes to reach somebody, it's not even, it's not even coachable. It's almost a, a rude, uh, you know, you just have to say, Hey, you, you only have, uh, how many you only have 15 16 30 minute blocks in a day so that that's how many people are going to research the numbers aren't there so it's kind of like stop doing that that's not going to work uh, so the best way i can describe this is looking at um what's happening on a sales floor from a, a strategy perspective and, and I'll, I'll try to be as clear and succinct as possible because i know i'll get on a little topic and i'll one of my shortcomings i'll just hey, i love it uh strategy versus tactics right and if you look at it from the top down, 
somebody who is, uh, let me see if I can back it up all the way to what should be happening. In my opinion, the SDR, the person who's making the calls, should sit down at their desk, have a list of calls that's ready to go in a script. And I don't mean script, I don't want to get an argument about reading it verbatim, but a framework for a script where you know, you've got an intro, uh, a pitch, and a call to action. Just three little things. Hey, the reason for my call is to get 15 minutes on your calendar so you can learn exactly how you do this. Do you have your calendar available? What's this about? Okay, next, you know, whatever. Yep. Again, don't get scrolled off. Strategy versus uh, tactics. The lists should be done at some other level. You know, when, as, soon as, if someone, as soon as somebody comes to me and says, I spend my time uh, doing research before I make my calls, we have an entirely different definition of what an SDR does. I would say that that the role of doing research, list building, whatever, is a strategic thing. The company should know who they're going after, why they're going after, what the pain point is, get the SDR everything they need to just pick up the phone and make the calls. And I don't mean to turn that into some kind of sweat sweat shop labor. I I mean that at that point the SDR should should have a uh, a mindset that. Look, I don't, I'm just trying to get to yes, no, not me, not now. And again, these always mean a lot of different things. So if, if, you, if you divided up the roles into strategy and tactics, you would have an SDR who, is, who has a list of people they have to call, and their outcomes are yes, no, not me, not now. And the method that we use is driving those first calls down the funnel closer to meeting set. And what I mean by that from a tactical perspective is has nothing to do with calling up somebody and getting an appointment. Of course, getting an appointment on a first call is wonderful. But let me give you a, a great example, I think, of something that's totally overlooked. You're, you're making phone calls to somebody on a list that was provided to you because you're in a great shop or you found the person's direct number. They, you called them and they said, no, thanks. I'm not interested. And they hung up. Now, if you went around the room, probably in any sales room, and said, what happens next, it's probably not the same answer. You know what no. I mean? It's, probably, it's not the same answer. My answer is, awesome. This guy answers the phone. You know, I mean, that, that, this guy answers the phone, so I'm going to mark that answers the phone. This person is going to get a call from me in a day or two that says, hey, this is Sean from the sales developers or wherever. I called you the other day, and I mean, I must have caught you when your car was on fire or something because the timing was no good. <laughs> you didn't want anything to do with what I was doing. I was just wondering, is now a better time? Does this now work for you? And so I wonder how many times that, that one little tactic is overlooked because somebody says not interested and basically takes them off the list like they said no. And in the difference between, you know, my mindset is answers the phone <laughs> again, way, way at the top of the funnel. Yes, like trying, yeah. trying to be a good steward of data. I, mm. did I mention what our company does, why it's important? That's still further down the stream. All I know is that this guy answers the phone going to get, I'm going to try him again, which goes back to the tactics of personalization, right? So if you sent, if you just loaded up a bunch of a uh, hundred emails in the morning, 100 names to call, and you sent out the emails, and some people replied, and then some people answered the phone. Now, again, that same mindset, this person, this person replies to email, this person answers the phone. Maybe, just maybe, me as the SDR, or hopefully somebody else at that point would say, 
let's start personalizing because they connect with us versus the list of 100 all the time that would go into personalizing before you know they reply to email and voicemail. Again, I think probably a totally different uh, strategy and tactic from sales floor to sales floor. You know, like here's 100 leads, go get them. It's like, well, here's 100 leads. Uh, by the end of the day, just let me know. I mean, we, we need, don't let me know. It should be in the database, which ones replied to emails and which ones answer the phone. Yep. Then, we'll, then we have, now we, we, we move them into another bucket where they get, somebody else is going out to say, you know, if you find that it's important, what college they went, or whatever it is you want to do to personalize. But why do that for the 100, you know, if you don't even know they're going to respond or they don't work there or they're still alive or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, I was thinking about this in preparation for this, you know, interview today, I was just thinking about kind of the things that you and Rex and Ryan preach is data integrity, mm -hmm. being good stewards of that data and, and operating and being aware of the funnel above the top of the funnel mm -hmm. and, and um, categorizing things in a way that really uh, to me, when, when I hear you explain it, that sounds like the most customer centric way to approach this. Because yeah. I think the idea that people have and the reason that they feel good about themselves when they're personalizing all these emails, whether or not they know somebody responds is they feel like they're being a better version of a salesperson like, Ooh, I'm taking the time. I really care about my customer. Well, if you really care, you need to find out, you need to start not only finding out things like whether they pick up the phone or whether they respond to email, but using that to tailor how you communicate with that person. Yeah. I mean, and, and so many of so many organizations I feel like aren't doing that. They're basing it off of all of these other, to me, more arbitrary metrics like director level or above or title, or, you know, they've got all these list views surrounding all those things, but you know, for the frontline folks that, that are tasked with opening doors, what better buckets to be able to kind of go through, right? These people yeah. pick up the phone. This guy picks up the phone. And um, I think, I know I'm guilty of, of <laughs> getting, that, yeah, getting that guy. And you know, just from the very moment that you're, you, you, you know, he's the right role, you know, he's in the right industry, you know, he needs to talk to you and could stand to learn something and benefit. It would be mutually beneficial. But when he picks up, it's just immediately obvious it's the wrong time. No, yeah. not interested. And then throwing that person in a bucket that just is, is either some sort of crappy sales nurture thing that doesn't really exist or a bucket of people that are never going to get touched again until you start feeling the pressure <laughs> and start yeah. digging up some of those old contacts. So it also serves to force you to be more diligent about the follow-up, which I think is uh, the longer, the longer that I'm in sales development, I'm realizing it's way more about the follow-up than anything else. Yeah, because right, cause the, the easy ones are easy, right? I mean, when you call up someone and said, hey, I called to talk to you about this. You got a second? Sure. Hey, this is what we do. You want to get a meeting? Yeah, that's good. Let me get my calendar. And it, you're, you got lucky. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, th yeah. that was free and lucky. That's not part of how it goes. That's just lucky. And you, you, take, you take those. So when, when you hear, hear me talking about get five by noon, 
what I'm talking about is, you know, if, if you took a list of 100 or 200 or 300 co- prospects, I'm talking about, you know, a, a systematic approach that in four to six to eight weeks that you would start to see first thing in the morning some things from your follow-up turn into instant appointments because you're doing the follow-up, not on day one or day two or day three, but because you're taking a list you don't know anything about, figuring out, again, we're not going to talk about product or anything, right? We're going to do it more just from a tactical, how do we get to point B every single day or B and C, which is, do they reply to email or do they they answer the phone? Cool, I got my channel figured out. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, follow up in all these different ways is not interested, whatever, call and ask people, hey, the other day wasn't any good. Da, 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 da. Somebody replies to an email that says not interested. Again, a, replies to email. And I mean, really shame on strategy, leadership. You know, I say like a strategy being leadership and tactics being the people actually, in, you know, trying to win the war or in the battle, I should say, uh, that you don't have a template that you can pick for not interested. You know, I mean, you get a, you get a reply that says not interested. If you can't just pick from a list, uh, not interested via email, and you click on it and maybe do the 10, 80, 10, you don't even really need to do that. Someone says not interested. But just one more thing that goes back out that says, yeah, a lot of people say that. Here's what we do. If you're having to tailor that or say, well, not interested, so next email, and you're not taking advantage of, of that and asking them again, I can't tell you how many times I sent not interested back and said, uh, you know, hey, I understand that. Who should I talk? Who should I talk to? I mean, not even nothing, not even a name, not thanks for a reply. Who should I talk to? Question mark. Enter. It comes back. Oh, that's Jane Smith. What's Jane's direct number? Uh, or whatever. I mean, it, it, it can you continue to drive to drive the uh, to drive the conversation. And again, still haven't talked about product value prop why i'm calling none of it still so far back up the funnel or up up the uh you know the the compound benefits of being an sdr you know and uh i mean i I just can't i can't emphasize that enough because you start driving people into finding out if they respond to emails if they respond to calls now another super 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 again this goes to this all goes to mindset right um when you when you are calling people or that same thing the people who replied not interested who do i talk to why isn't it a good time i mean just two or three words why not but when you actually call people and they answer the phone i am so so convinced that the conversation doesn't matter one bit if i don't get their attention in the first 3 to 5 seconds and what i mean by attention i mean their uh commitment they're um, an expectation that, hey, you know, uh, there's all kinds of ways to say it, right? But, hey, I know I'm an interruption. Do you have, you know, 30 seconds for me to tell you why I called? Do you have 25 seconds? Is now a good time? Uh, sure, go ahead. Well, before I get started, if what I tell you doesn't make sense, will you do me a favor and let me know? I mean, I just want to make sure that we use the best <laughs> best use of the next few seconds to get people past the pattern interrupt so you're actually having a conversation because – if you get somebody on the phone and say, hey, this is Sean from the sales developers. They called to see what we could do. could help you build pipeline. People are like, no, bye. It was not a conversation. You, you, and, and again, it's that, that contact is going to get lost off into the nowhere. So again, what am I talking about? Uh, expectations. J- having in your mind that 
you've got to get some buy-in before you can even start the clock or, or put it in the column of that was a legitimate conversation. So when people say, no, it's not a good time or they hang up on me, I'm still going to consider that a win because I know the answer to the phone. I'm going to call and try it again. But I'm certainly not going to, you know, if I, if someone says, yeah, go ahead, you know, and you try to give them a value prop or whatever, and they still just say, no, nah, I'm not interested. They're still going to get a couple calls from me because I realized that I know in my mind that it, they weren't listening. I didn't get past the bias. I didn't get past the pattern interrupt. And you've got to be aware of that. Otherwise, you might as well not even pick up the phone. You might as well not even just, this isn't for me. This, this gig is not for me and go find something else to do. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, and you, you speak the truth, sir, because I, and, and really, as I'm listening to this, what I'm thinking is that it really is just operating with the utmost respect for the people yeah. that you're trying to contact. Mm -hmm. I think mindset is so important as, as, as you've said, and how you view the job you're doing and how you view the people that you're trying to connect with matters a, a ton because if you feel like, so I've noticed this in my own career, on the days that I feel like I am humbled and honored to be at the front of the sales cycle and I feel like I am prepared and knowledgeable about who I'm going to talk to and what I'm going to talk to them about and the opportunity that I'm going to present to them when I get somebody on the phone and then on the other side of it I'm aware of the fact that these people I'm calling aren't expecting my phone call mm -hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that I have something important to talk to them about those yep. are the days where you you really see a difference um you operate with more humility you you use that first those first moments of interaction to to genuinely hey is now i know i'm calling out of the blue on you know completely out of the blue on a friday afternoon is now do you have you know 23 seconds for me to tell you why i called yeah. if not you know great and and so pair that pair that mentality of you know being a respectable human being really and then uh, which which is one part of it but then not just letting somebody get out of uh, you know more touches from from your side uh, by saying no right yeah. because that's man i mean we all know the data is out there that it takes 17 attempts to get in touch with somebody or how many ever it is. Right. So yeah. that's only the first touch. What about all those people that, that uh, you, you didn't get that first three seconds. Right. And if you call them back in two days, a probably don't even remember that you called mm -hmm. and B would react completely differently if, if based on any number of variables that are completely out of your control. So I yeah. think you brought up a really good point. You know, don't, don't give up so easy. Don't, I don't want to say don't let them off the hook because that, yeah. that, that sounds no, you know, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a great, great example. If you could challenge yourself to when you do screw up, you know, like you get on the call and you were on LinkedIn or doing something and they answered the phone and you weren't prepared and you know you weren't, you don't even know what your name is and you make a fool out of yourself. Everybody's been there. Right. Yeah. It happens. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you get at it. It happens. But if you had the uh, the grit to hang up the phone, 
and then call back and say, I mean, this, this should be the fabric of what you do. This should be what an SDR is to pick up the phone and call them back and say, Hey, you know what? I just called and I blew it. I mean, I made a fool, however you want to say it. I screwed up so bad. I would be eternally grateful if you would grant me a reset so I could try this again. I mean, I would just be grateful, you know, and, and so, I mean, I have, I've done that because it drives me nuts when I know they pick up the phone, they're sitting there, they just, I mean, they basically said, you're a jackass, <laughs> you know, and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? And you call back and be human and say, hey, I just, I just really, you know, we both know I screwed up. Is there any chance you could give me a reset? Let me try this again. And they're, they're either going to say no or yes, but at least you wore it out, right? I mean, you yeah. owned it. And those kind of things I think will make you, um, better at what you're doing in the most important thing there again every morning or even trying to go to sleep at night sometimes when you worry about your job or I didn't get appointments or is this for me it's so stressful is uh to practice reminding yourself to not be attached to the outcome because it's not personal mm. I mean just do not get attached to no or if you are going to get attached to no in a way where awesome they answer the phone <laughs> Yeah. And so now you're making you're making uh, progress and you're driving people closer to taking a meeting or getting to a, a real disqualified no. You know, no, it's not me. No, we're not going to No, it's going to be six months. Something that is true, you know, and honest. No. Yeah, no. And, and it's something that I think, uh, I don't know, probably isn't talked enough about is, is how can be pretty lonely at the front, right? <laughs> and it can feel like you're just kind of doing lots of things with very little return. And then when you do get that person and, and you're not prepared and you, and you blow it, then the guilt and self-loathing heaps even more on top yeah. because it's like, oh, you know, I've waited for this opportunity to talk to this person and I blew it. Um, yeah. And I've always been surprised the, the, the times that I've exercised just extreme humility and kind of just really taken my ego out of the picture, whether it was admitting that I uh, messed up the first time that I called or, you know, whatever, the many, many mistakes that I've made, the times that I've been a human about it, I've always been surprised. I mean, there's been times where they've been like, yeah, well, I still wouldn't, it still doesn't make sense for me to take the meeting because I'm not the right person or, you know, I'm not, yeah. now's not the right time. Yeah. That, that's a different conversation. And, and really, I think my goal is at the end of every day to say, I took it as far as I could, right? I took each opportunity I was given, whether that was an opportunity to talk to somebody, an opportunity to be, um, you know, more, uh, conversational with my prospects, whatever it was, I took that opportunity and took it as far as I could. Um, and, and I did think that's a great, great mindset to have, especially for the SDRs and BDRs out there who, you know, it's not an easy gig. Um, so for, you know, you've talked a lot about in a, in a organization that's getting it right, an SDR sits down with a list that's already been validated. We know these people exist. We know the, this uh, data is right, essentially, mm -hmm. to the best of our ability. Uh, that's not a reality for 
I'd say the majority of, of SDRs out there. So yeah, one thing I love about the content that you put on LinkedIn is that it allows an SDR who may not be operating in that kind of environment to start mm-hmm. implementing these things for themselves. And so I'm wondering if you have any other advice like yeah. for an SDR who's operate, who has to list build or has to do some of these things that really, you know, and, and you guys at the sales developers are doing such a great job about evangelizing for, for mm-hmm. these types of changes, you know, because I, I fully agree with you. And unfortunately, it has to come from an organizational level. It can't, yeah. you know, very rarely will, will be the other way around. But what are, some, what are some tips that you would give somebody that's kind of living in that but knows that there's a better and different way to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Uh, my favorite things are always uh, mindset, and uh, you know, we were talking about doing research or not doing research. One of one of the one of the best mindsets, or uh, addition to your all these great different mindsets, is uh, to say very fundamental things to yourself, like and, and be real. In other words, there's more information in at your pro- prospect's office or in their mind with your prospect than there is in your CRM and that there is in link on LinkedIn. Mm. There's way more to learn from talking to them than looking at your CRM or looking at LinkedIn or anywhere else. They have the answers. You have to have it in your mind that I need to talk to them. And another mindset that goes really well with that, and, and I remind myself of this all day, every day, I say it to people all the time, is I count on my prospects for three things. I think I mentioned it, I mentioned it this morning um, on LinkedIn that I count on my prospects to be people who want to learn. Everybody wants to learn. I mean, everyone wants to learn something. Um, I count on my prospects to be compelled to take action that they, that they will, that given the circumstances, they'll say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know, I mean, that's a human thing. Sure. Why wouldn't you hear you want a candy bar? Yeah, I'll take a bite of that. Thanks. You can be compelled to do stuff. And yeah. three, the pain of staying the same, of status quo, you know, if, you're, if you have a product where you know that you're trying to rip and replace, right? You know, you know what they're using is no good, um, is more painful than changing. You've got it made. Again, mindset to get away from, I'm over on LinkedIn, or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. No, I can call, I can call up any client, I think, if you gave me a list, and said, "Hey, here's what we do," or what, or not even that. I mean, uh, it's just, it's as simple as, "Hey, you know, I'm Sean from the Sales Developers, and I was giving you a call today to get some time on your calendar so you can learn exactly how we're helping companies close more deals because we're bringing more deals into the pipeline." And you know, I don't know if that's for you or not, but I can guarantee you that at the end of this meeting, you'll have a incredible framework to compare what you're doing against your existing solution you know so yeah if it's not for you then that's cool but it's just going to take 10 or 15 minutes we'll walk you through it and you'll go so we're not get carried away in the script there but really that goes to number number one right hey i was calling you so that you can learn exactly how you do this if you don't take it any further than the first meeting i there it's a powerful meeting you're going to walk away with the framework to say what we're doing already is perfect or we really need to think about making a change you know so let's just you know you, you'll be able to decide at the end of the meeting you got your calendar available and again i didn't mention 
in that case, what we do or whatever, I'm just saying, hey, you're going to learn. You'll be able to make a decision next. Yep. You know, again, yep. didn't take didn't take LinkedIn, didn't take my CRM, just needed to get him on the phone or ask him that in an email. And now I'm making progress. They said, no, nah, yes, no. So and then compelled to do something is the same thing. Like that's compelling. It's a compelling reason to do something. And then, um, gosh, you've just you've got to be so smart right i mean for example here's a just a really great example of if you're if you're b2b for example and you know people have a solution in the sales cycle is uh 18 months or or three years for that matter because they have contracts right they write three-year contracts or whatever some b2b commodity when you call up people and say hey do you have a minute and they go no why in the you have to say that's great, no problem. I just got a quick question before you go because people go great. I'm going to get off the phone. I'll answer your question. Sure. Who do you use? How many are you using? And when does the contract end? You know, <laughs> hey, we use this company. Boom. Um, we uh, we do thirty thousand a year. Whatever it is, how many? They'll use their license number, the amount of money we spend, and our contract renews in uh, a year or a year and a half. Cool. Just all for uh, our competitor, just solve for timing, just solve for the value of the contract. Now, again, it's on with follow-up and uh, everything else. But to call up that person and say, hey, can I get a meeting, you know, in, in, in the buying window is not open, right? Yeah. So you have to take a real close look at, at who it is you're selling to. And again, that goes back to even being a, an SDR on LinkedIn trying to find advice. Is, <laughs> it's ironic. Nobody, salespeople never ask anybody questions about what's your situation? Are you inbound, outbound, B2B, transactional? Everyone's just like, no, that doesn't work. And you don't even know what the person does all day long. You know? I, know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, but mm -hmm. just to, just to um, again, you know, you didn't need, you don't need the, the second part of that where you were qualifying in a bigger B2B situation with longer contracts that's a win, right? If I'm starting to fill out my database and I know that my, my contact uses this, this, this is my competitor, this is when the contract ends and this is how much they spend. I know when the buying window opens, I should have this, this list. Every, it, it just comes up every day that I come in that they're 90 days out or we know they start shopping six months ahead of time. So let's start that conversation. We're going to start time to start talking buying window. Yeah. But then I have another list where I don't have a clue what those parts are. So start filling in the blanks. Mm -hmm. So that you're building something, the compound benefits of being an SDR. Yes. Yeah. Well, and those are all things that anybody could do regardless of their situation um, as, you know, uh, whether they're transactional or B2B or enterprise or inbound or outbound, having the mindset really. So one of the things that your videos and content really just, makes me think of is just like running a really tight and and spick and span BDR practice like just you know I, I've got my list views I've got real I've got valuable lists I've got a mentality and a mindset of you know servitude and gratitude for the position I'm in with intention and conviction behind what I'm going out into the market and talking about you know mm -hmm. all of those things you don't have to have uh, so what if you, you, you know, the, the strategy is off, right? Because let's yeah. be honest, strategy is off lots of places, especially when it comes to the BDR function, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can either, wrong, the, in my yeah, opinion. The strategy is you can either sell or you can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, that's the strategy. You can, you can either sell or you can't. 
Yeah, yeah. So thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for seeing me as a you know uh, binary zero and a one, right? So yeah, um, uh, put that to the side and 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 make a decision for yourself to say I'm going to run an organized, you know, uh, practice here of of things that actually matter to what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, you may still have to play a little bit into the, I mean, you will have to, you know, the arbitrary things that maybe, you know, don't matter, but management and leadership for whatever reason needs to see those things. But you can also start highlighting because it's powerful yeah. stuff, right? I mean, it, you, you know, um, it's, it's almost undeniable. It's undeniable once you start collecting enough data and presenting it, like here, yeah. here's what really matters. And that's why I love, you know, your, your stuff that you put on LinkedIn because it's actionable and it's, it makes it obvious. Like yeah. this is the way that, that you need to do it. And, and here's why. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with your activity on LinkedIn, do you, do you, you kind of, do you have a, a strategy there? Or is it just kind of putting this, this information out? to you know your network because it's so valuable you know i mean I yeah no it's a good question because i've often thought about how can i uh curate this and you're gonna see kind of a more uh strategic uh curation of my uh my information there because it does go to uh just simple things like saying this is strategy this is tactical this is mindset you know just yeah. so you can organize your uh, your different things but uh so that's what you'll see more from uh from me on linkedin but i can i can tell you just to share something real quick again on mindset and how an SDR can set up their day. This is what every SDR on my team, this is what their day looks like account to account. And um, it's super simple. You come in first thing in the morning and you confirm the meetings that you have that are coming up in the next 48 hours. There's a template email that goes out that says, hey, we're on in two days at this date and time. Just want to make sure that's still good. Let me know if anything has changed. They reply. We confirm that they confirm the meeting. If they don't, it gets to be 24 hours. We're going to call them. That happens first thing in the morning before anything. The second thing that happens is we go to what we call our priorities, and they're, they're in a list. You know, And these are the people that we talked about earlier in this, this, this discussion the people who said, no, not me, or you just knew that you didn't do a good job, but you know they answer the phone, you know they reply, they have gone from my big pile of the people into closer in where I'm going to try again something else. Hey, called you the other day. <laughs> there was no way you were going to talk to me. It sounds like maybe now is a better time. Am I right? And see if you can get them into a conversation. Call all those people that are closer or people that were scheduled that said, hey, six months out, you know, to start falling into that little basket. Once yep. you're done with all those, you know, so now you're two hours into your day, you're on to your list of people who you haven't connected with or you haven't qualified for timing or who are you using or whatever every single day, day in and day out. So if you start that regiment tomorrow and you were a brand new rep, you don't have any meetings set, you don't have any priorities, but you check off, you did through that, you make your first calls, talk to two or three people who say no, da, 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 da. well now two of those people move into priority. And then tomorrow yep. when you call, they're on your priority list. Hey, I called yesterday. You didn't want to hear it. Is today better? Yeah, okay. That sounds really good. Cool. Yeah, let's take a meeting. Two more days later, now you've got a meeting set. You're confirming that they're going to show up to the meeting, and you get onto your priorities, and then you get through all those more meetings. That's how you end up having five by noon after four or six or eight weeks because you don't just come in and go, 
what's my next task, like scheduled task. And you're reading, you're mm-hmm. looking at the CRM said this. I mean, there's another, I'll drop that in real quick. If you put notes in your CRM, put your notes in your CRM, like it's a teleprompter, like you're the president of the United States. So the next time you call, it says what you in, wanted to say the last time you were calling, not a recap of what happened, but move it forward, forward. <laughs> drive, drive the process and drive the call forward, you know, with your notes forward that say, I mean, it would say, hey, I'm calling you today because that and say what you're going to say in your next call. Don't put in historical notes of what happened. Who cares? Quit looking backwards. Anyway, yeah. no. meetings, um, <laughs> set, priorities, and then your working just call list as you're calling people. So easy. That it's so easy. People down your funnel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good. Uh, thank you for that. Right. So that was, that's, um, <laughs> well, because I think, I feel like so many SDRs, including myself, uh, have, you know, you sit down and you're like, Oh, all this stuff to do, you know, this is going on the inbound, you know, it's very sometimes reactive. And when you're in a reactive mode as an SDR, it's just, that's not the, like you said, you you don't need to be like reacting and moving back or retracting back. You need to be intentional and, and about moving things forward. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a great framework for that. I love that so much, Sean. So as we are getting close to the end of this, which the time has absolutely flown by, uh, Sean, so that means yeah. just another great conversation. Um, but uh, so tell us about you know, how they, how people can get in touch with you about what you're doing at sales developers, um, follow you on LinkedIn, any, any, anything like that. Yeah. Well, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, Sean Cease at, uh, at, on LinkedIn, but I have a hashtag. Uh, it's hashtag five by noon. It's the number five B Y N O O N. And if you click on that and follow it, I tag all of the content that I put out there. So you'll, it'll come up in your feed or you can research it anytime. Of course, um, a lot of people know Ryan Reisart and Rex Bieberson, the founders of the Sales Developers, uh, very popular in the communities, two outstanding, just wonderful human beings. But they wrote the book, um, Outbound Sales No Fluff. Um, this is available on, uh, on Amazon and Kindle and whatever. It, it, it goes, it's, it's actually, it's great because it's, it's not that long. You can read it in 45 minutes and it details yeah. the bucketing system. Yes, no, not me, not now. It has a framework for a script, an email where you can do everything I've shared today and just get your outbound system going. No uh, fluff. And of course, we're the salesdevelopers.com. Ryan and Rex are always open for a conversation. You can get those guys via LinkedIn as well anytime. Super, super, super wonderful guys. Always willing to talk about data or what's the what's the prospecting formula, right? Let's not forget. It's got to get your target right. Got to get your message right. Got to get them on the right channel. And then timing, the holy grail, right? Then holy the outcomes grail. are... Yeah. So how do you do that? Right. So it's target, uh, message, channel, timing, your buckets are, uh, uncontacted working priority meeting set worked in reverse every single day. Your outcomes are yes, no, not me, not now. That's all you need to know. The end. That's it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that's all you need to start running a, a, an organized and, and intentional BDR function and practice. Uh, so as we get to the end here, Sean, I have to ask you the same question. I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast, what is your favorite place to eat lunch? 
So I am in far northern California. I'm 150 miles north of the Bay Area in the middle of the valley, and we have a little uh, taqueria called Burrito Bandito. Mm. And it's one of these places you walk through and what kind of meat do you want, what kind of rice and beans. And by the time you're done, you've got this two-pound monster that's good for two days, right? Mm. Or, that's the or, best. One, yeah, or one, one stop and it's nap time. Yeah, right. So that's, yeah. that's my go-to my go uh, lunch place. So I don't have a ton of places to go, but they actually – get it right closest thing to uh taco truck on the side of the freeway in a big city right yeah well and that's yeah. th those those are the best tacos right yeah right and so when you can count on being able to find one like that that's absolutely amazing i love it yeah john thank you so much for coming on the lunch break podcast sharing your story sharing your knowledge and and really just truly appreciate everything that you shared with us because i think it's all super spot on and and it's all actionable which is just absolutely wonderful well thank you so much james and uh everybody i'm looking forward to meeting more people or connecting and uh hearing more about what you're doing what's working what's not working and uh if if we're doing anything together when we're talking to each other on linkedin about stuff one thing to remember is it'd be really nice people said what kind of sales do you do before you made a response to somebody because if somebody's sitting there taking inbound leads all day and you start talking about outbound they're gonna be like you're crazy anyhow remember we're salespeople. ask some questions before you just word out an answer <laughs> let's let, let's get some context to these conversations yeah, right exactly it go a long way because someone say ah that's not for me good good luck guys or hey i got a great job for you over here yeah yeah make, make, LinkedIn, a, make a LinkedIn a community to share and learn and stop the uh taste great less filling debate because it doesn't work you, you don't <laughs> i love it i yeah. love it sean yeah yeah and so my you know my my recommendation as we wrap up the episode is that everybody go follow sean go follow the sales developers uh if you're an sdr bdr you have to do that if you're a salesperson you have to do that if you're a leader you have to do that because uh it's 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 going to help you I don't yeah. care where you're at in your career. The stuff you guys are sharing and the things you guys are talking about are absolutely dynamite. Happy to have had you on the show, Sean. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys soon. Thanks, everybody.